This is the Busy People Podcast hosted by Nicole Hope and Victoria Albuquerque. Dropping knowledge on all things health, wellness, and lifestyle because you're never too busy to learn something new. Welcome to episode 10 of the Busy People Podcast. Today's episode is an interview with Lauren Atone, um, and it's all about mindfulness. And I was really into this because, I mean, yeah, we all know what mindfulness is, I guess. But um, when Lauren talks about how she uses it in her life as a teacher, um, and some of the just really simple, little, small, easy, quick things that you can do in your own life, to just bring some peace um, to yourself, I thought was awesome. Yeah, so as Vic said, Lauren is a teacher. She's one of my closest friends. Uh, We practice mindfulness together on the daily, and she really, like, got me into this mindfulness mindset years ago. Um, She has been exploring this for probably over 25 years. Um, She is so well read and practiced on the topic that I feel like we can call her an expert, even though she might not call herself that, but she has so much insight. And like Victoria said, she just gives you so many takeaways. We do a breathing exercise with her. Um, She's super calm and she will get you into a great mindset by the end of the episode. Yes. Enjoy it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. This is Nicole. I'm here with Victoria and Lauren, and we are going to talk about mindfulness today. So, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited for you to be here and also for this topic because, obviously, it's something that can help so many people. So would you mind just introducing yourself, talk a little bit about how you um, got into mindfulness and what your experience has been using it for yourself and I know that you obviously use it with your students, so maybe you could get into that a little bit as well. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's funny when you guys asked me to do this, I couldn't like exactly remember. It's been, it feels like it's been in my life for as long as I can remember, but obviously it hasn't. Uh, I want to say somewhere around 15 years ago, uh, I was, I've always battled on and off with anxiety and um, depression different times in my life. And I also was a teacher and I started to look for different ways that I could find balance in my life and also in my classroom. So it actually started in my classroom. I realized that when I I um, was thinking about it, I read something somewhere that it helps students focus. And I started doing the meditations there with them because it was before like YouTube videos and everything like that. So I had to read books and scripts and then, you know, I got used to all of that and I saw effects, you know, with the class and I'm loving it. And then I started doing it more on my own. And um, I did have therapists give me like when I like years ago, like cassette tapes of meditations. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I, I remember had, those. I had a Walkman. I'd have to put it on my ears. And I guess, oh, I guess that started, but I didn't even think about that as mindfulness, but it was, you know, they gave you meditations, but it, it wasn't incorporated into my life until probably like 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I'm super curious if you can kind of give us an overview as to what mindfulness really is. So, you know, if you researched it, you know, obviously there's different different types of studies and different types of mindfulness and it comes from Buddhism or, or you know, all different philosophies. I think at its core, mindfulness is staying present in the moment. You know, so often you realize that we are stressed by our past and reliving it over and over again and ruminating and saying, I should have done this or I shouldn't have done this or guilt. um, And that's back here. And then we also go forward. What's going to happen? Our worry, you know, if I do this, if I do that. So when we become mindful, it's us saying, I'm aware that I'm not present. And then we can notice that we're thinking about the past and we're thinking about the future. And then the idea is that most of our suffering and, you know, when you actually internalize this, you realize the truth is that most or if all of our suffering, um, I would say most, I'm sorry, some of it is real, but is, is in our heads from thinking about the past and the future. So when we're mindful, we're noticing our thinking and we're staying present. So it's present. So what, what would you say are the key components to, to actually put it into practice then? Well, I think if, I don't mean if someone start. You mean starting it? Someone starting it, sure. or just yeah. So you know, it's funny because it's it's tough for a lot of people today, and I think always. I think it's always been tough. It's tough. I'm a hyper person. Everybody who knows me, you know, is like, how do you do meditation or mindfulness? Like you're hyper, <laughs> but you find that if you you can start in the smallest ways of just and and this is written everywhere in the world, but it makes so much sense. Is like when you're brushing your teeth or when you're putting on your pants and whatever, you put your right foot in and then your left, well, put your left foot in your right. Like try to really be conscious of switching up things. Like I know, I remember when I started doing this, I would brush my teeth with my left hand, which I know is like, is a little spat. You know, I wasn't so great with that, but that makes you have to be present because you have to be focused on it. So you don't have to jump in and meditate for 20 minutes in order for this to happen. You don't even have to meditate to be mindful. Like that's a mis. I think that's, I personally think, I mean, I guess I'm not like a, a guru, but I've studied a lot. And I think that's a misconception is that you have to all of a sudden go um, quiet and meditate. You can be mindful on a walk. You could be mindful right now as you're listening to me, like, you know, the two of you, are you listening to me or are you thinking about what's next? I know, I mean, you right. probably are because you're doing this for the first time, but you might be like, <laughs> whose turn is it coming up? What's going on? But, are, you know, to be mindful is to really embrace what I'm saying right now process it, pause, think about it and come back as, you know, and not be anywhere else. So it could be, again, all the ones they tell you, you could be washing the dishes and feel the warmth on your hand. And, you know, when the bubbles soap up and you see the bubbles, like one pops away, you know, how those little, like there's like a little bubble floating that you're present. If you're doing that, you're nowhere else because you're feeling it and you're seeing it and you're smelling the, the soap. So all of that, you could start right now. It's, that's what's great about it is that it's scary and it's good because you're in control and you're also in control. Those are good and bad things. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's my, yeah, and it's accessible. Like my students, when I always tell them, you know, we're going to, meditate you know some of them are like yeah and some are like oh i can't i can't like they're like they jump back i'm like i had to change it i'm just like we're just gonna be mindful we're just gonna breathe 
like, you know, when you say meditate, it has so, I guess it has such a connotative, you know, meaning attached to it, like so many different things attached to that. So you're better off just saying, we're just going to breathe for a little bit or, yeah. you know, get present because that is, it's overwhelming and people just, I, I mean, I've been doing this right. Like Nicole knows, I mean, now we have the, uh, and I'm like, it's like, I'm like patting myself on the shoulder, but we have the mind, the, what's that called? SEL, what do we have? Social emotional learning now the last two years, but we've been, I've been, and you've been doing this forever. I mean, like I just said, like about 15 years, definitely I've been doing um, a writing aspect of this. And then for all those years, and it just is like, people think it's just crazy. They're like, oh, mindfulness. What are you doing, Lauren? Meditates. I'm like, no, it's not this, you know, it is, it can be that. It can be attached to religions and all those different things. But um, I think what people are finding now is that we we live in such a, a world with so many visuals and sounds and, you know, there's so much stimuli going, like so many things going on that uh, I think that's why it's becoming even bigger now is because people want to stop, pause and, and take a breath where it was quieter back in the day when there was no TV and, you know, like they had to almost be mindful because right. they were so busy all day and cooking and, you know, we don't do that. We just sit around a lot of us. So. So Lauren, I, I had a quick question because you know, the, the one thing I've known mindfulness to help with is anxiety. And I, I think mm-hmm. most people would think that. What what would you say are some of the other benefits, um, especially for your students? I'm, I'm really interested to hear, like, day-to-day how that's going to help students. Well, I, I guess first off for any – oh, I mean, beyond all this, you have your blood pressure. There's so many scientific things about – like blood pressure and the chemicals, like the dopamine, all the different kind of um, hormones that get really, you know, released into your body. I mean, I don't have all those studies here, but you could pull that up in a second, how that affects you. Um, well, when you say anxiety, I guess, you know, kind of putting that aside, maybe some people connect it with like real, like severe anxiety, but just stress everyday stress. Right. So, you know, when it comes to it, life is about balance, right? You know, we, it's, I mean, the best way to live is with balance, anything you do, right? We talk about eating and you talk about exercise, anything you do too much of, even exercise or even eating healthy, you know, like you need to have a moderation. And so our students, I notice more so with my um, the kids who are in the AP classes and who are in the like higher tracks, they're about, the, today their stress levels are off the charts. I mean, they're being asked to Make sure you're a leader, make sure you're a sports, make sure you're a captain, make sure you volunteer, make sure you, you know, and, and you have to take all AP classes. And these kids are, are, are tight and you could sense it. And, you know, and, and no, not many teachers. And again, I'm not saying this to be like, you know, like, oh, I'm so great. I'm just saying we aren't in tune. We kind of just expect them to keep going and going and going because that's what you're supposed to do as a student. And thinking like it was when we were kids. I mean, I, you know, you guys are younger than me, but you know, when I was young, that kind of it was a different kind of stress. I mean, it wasn't, and we didn't have social media, and we didn't have again this the society that we live in now, which just naturally lends itself to more of that kind of anxiety, a different type of you know anxiety than in the past. Um, so when you when I see that, and they ask, they ask for it, you know. But what I what you notice is afterwards, there's a calmer stillness in the room you can actually feel a shift in the energy in there when they come in and it's like they're buzzing or they're you know whatever they're doing and then you kind of say okay let's do a couple of you know five minutes breathing centering they feel i think they feel a bunch of things that they feel safer 
they feel um, calmer, they feel like their stress levels are lower so they can think more clearly. I talk about test anxiety because they come in to take a test and it's like they have to get that A and then their brains go there and they're not breathing so they can't think. So we talk about just breathing to bring yourself down. So it's, it keeps them balanced in a day where they're, you know, but between their friends, the emotion, the regular stuff in high school, all the added things that we've added with a college thing in the last, what, how, I call you think it's the last 10, eight years. I don't know. It hasn't changed the culture of that. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, like probably around six to eight years. Yeah, like it's just went to like hyperdrive. Do you see a trend of parents doing this work with their kids at home or is it totally new to them in the school? Like when you introduce it? Yeah, I actually spoke at the honor society, um, like induction two years ago or three years ago. And I did it on mindfulness and breathing and realizing that, you know, just because you don't get into the college that you thought you had to want to, you know, like, like life isn't just that life isn't all these things that we think it is because again, presence is life. Like, I try to tell them that you're you're living in a future that's not even happening and you're stressing about things that aren't even happening. You know, you're you're 16 years old. This is your life, you know, and you do the best you can. So when I spoke there, I started out with breathing. I talked about all this stuff. And I, I honestly had so many parents come up to me and were like, wow, that, I mean, again, I didn't, I wasn't groundbreaking. I wasn't saying anything that you guys don't know, but I, 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 I always assumed a lot of people knew about this because yeah. my small little world of people um, who I talked to knew about it, but no, no. Or they think it's like, you know, woo woo, whatever you want to call that. Like, Ooh, you know, like, yeah, so they don't that. know that. And I think, yeah, I think that's, it's a new idea for a lot of people. And a lot of people will never be even friends of mine. I'm like, you know, you should do some breathing. They're like, I, I don't need to do that. I, yeah. Do. I mean, I think like, <laughs> so Laura, it's funny because we will step out of our classrooms and like, we'll be like breathe together because, you know, we get stressed. Obviously we're like, go, right. go, go, you know, in our profession, yep. we don't have breaks. We don't have breaks. We just don't. So like our break is literally stepping into the hallway where there's a thousand kids walking past you screaming in your face. And like, we will literally just like do a breathing exercise to bring our blood pressure down from like the previous yeah. class. Or we have a prep period. We'll listen to like, Common yeah. music and just kind of be still because then you but this is true on every level as parents as teachers um when i come home from school there's this big joke with all my friends so i always nap i'm a napper thank you very much mm-hmm. and i napped my whole life before my kids came and when i had kids i was like i'm still napping and all my friends were like yeah good luck with that and i'm like no i can't <laughs> i can't not do it so i i can't come home from school and parent well unless i have downtime now, I know now that I don't have to nap. I could breathe and take a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. But the idea, I think, is that so many of us are coming into our relationships, our parenting, our teaching, our jobs at this higher level, right? Like this, you know, stress, if this is a 10 and, and this is low and we're kind of right near here, anything anybody says to us is going to push us over the edge, right? Like whether it's our anxiety, it's anger, it's frustration. Yeah. We all have our own our own triggers, right? We all have our own triggers. So if we're doing breathing and we're breathing ourselves even down to here, we have more space here to navigate our lives. So, you know, if I come home from work and everybody's like, this is done, this is done, this is done. I walk in, my kids are like, mom, mom, like I can snap then, right? Yeah. Like so much easier 
and it's not my kids fault they're being kids you know and i realized that i need to do that and i think i people look at it as like no your mom you know like that's not what moms do and i i just think that's kind of a such an old way to think like no we're humans yeah and we all need to do this so there's no one i i honestly think there's no one who wouldn't benefit from doing some aspect of this um because then it makes you self-aware because the minute you start noticing your thinking you're noticing your thinking <laughs> and you're like oh wait i'm doing that again or oh and then you know then the world is a better place because everybody's noticing and it's like you were saying i mean y- yeah you're a mom you're a teacher you're a spouse what you have all these other responsibilities and you're expected to go 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 and do it all but you're mm-hmm. also told to take time for yourself and to take care of yourself but how do you do that and this is such or a much more practical exercise i think mm-hmm. than most people think right because it really can just be just breath. right so obviously we we like have established that this is good for everybody everybody like kids even like now like we see a trend with like young kids elementary schools are doing this which is amazing that's great you know yeah and so they come with more of a skill set than the kids we've been teaching which is absolutely and well and it's not even just you say what else is this not just stress like think about little kids and their emotions and their anger and their frustrations and if you teach them to take a breath you know is reaction what do i say like um take a moment to respond rather than react so, you know, if someone, if you're little and you're learning, you know, someone did something to you and rather than come right back and, and, you know, react, you can take that breath and respond, which is a, you know, like you kind of think about it, think about you're teaching that to kindergartners, you know, they can't learn it. Like they can't manage their emotions quite right. as well as we can. But if you're starting it there again, you know, the whole world benefits. Like if we do this in little factions all around that people can communicate, can communicate better because you're not coming from a place of reaction you can process better. You can know if, you know, oh, that's a trigger for me, you know, because um, that's important to note. When I note triggers, um, we talk about this, Nicole, and I talk about this all the time. When you start to know what your trigger is and you're mindful, you're going to become a better person, a better everything, because you're like, oh, that got, I feel it in my stomach. I, or, you know, and you also do a lot of body noticing when you're mindfulness. You see, I feel like right now, like, you know, I'm doing a thing where I'm noticing when I get nervous and I can feel it in my, I know I feel it in my stomach. Some people feel it in their yeah. neck, your throat. We all have different places to carry it. But if I can cap, if I can be mindful enough to capture that moment or, or, or I said capture that moment, but notice it right when it starts, it won't go into my head and become a rumination because I've caught it before it became something, right? So if you're, let's say your, your partner, whoever you're with in life is saying something that's always your trigger, like, that you, since you're a kid, your parent, you know, goes back to whatever it is. You can go right into it, you know, and go back to the same pattern you've always been with them. Or you can be mindful and say, uh uh-uh, there it is. Am I going to go down the same path? Or am I going to try to make a change here and become, a, you know, a better human, a better partner? You know, the other person might be just as crazy as they've ever been, but this is about you right. and not yeah, them. Yeah, like we learn that you can, like, we know you can only control your own reactions and then like you said before, doing mindfulness and being more present makes you more self-aware. And that's the only way that you can work on yourself to then work on a relationship or being a better employee, employer, or friend or anything, right? Yeah, absolutely. That that whole idea that we can only control, I mean, that's liberating. I mean, if you, if you, again, if you can internalize that idea that anybody can do anything to you, 
because they will, because they're humans, but you do not have to react the way you always have or any specific way. You can just, you know, and I, and I try to tell it to my students or my children, you know, someone says something horrible to you, don't give away your power, you know, don't give it to them. And, and again, but that all stems, it, everything stems from mindfulness. I, I mean, it sounds so, oh, and it, not everything, but all, all like mental health, I would say, you know, stems from that. So if someone has, this is the first time that they're hearing about mindfulness today on this podcast and Mm -hmm. they're like super interested, but they're like, I have no, I've never even tried this before. Like I, this feels weird for me. I don't want to be watching bubbles floating out of my sink or smelling like, (laughs) you know, like what would you, what do you think is the easiest way for someone to get started? Like the, just that they could do right away, you know? I guess just the breath is really, I mean, I mean, someone might say, I don't even want to breathe, and then they have a problem. <laughs> then we have to talk to them want to breathe. That's a, that's a deeper issue. But, um, well, the first thing is, is that if someone's listening to this and is so against it, you know, I, I would ask them to be mindful. <laughs> Where's that anger? You know, where, no, but seriously, like, what's the pushback so hard against this? You know, you know, why wouldn't you want to try something that has nothing involved with it except noticing things, you know, smelling, you know, being more, more aware of your surroundings. But I can tell you for a lot of people, they're afraid of what happens when they're thinking, you know, when it gets to the core of maybe an emotion that they've been hiding, you know, which is why we drink, why we um, do drugs, why we shop, why we, you know, all those things are escapes from being present. With yourself. Because we're scared sometimes with yeah. yourself. You're scared of what emotions yeah. or what you might have to deal with. So a lot of people push away from mindfulness for that reason. And, you know, I couldn't help someone personally with that right now. They'd have to want to know that, you know, you have to feel that anxiety, that guilt, that anger, whatever it is. And it will go through you if you allow it to. If you keep ignoring it and not being mindful of it, it's just going to live there forever. But I would um, tell the person listening, so worth it. And just to start by, you know, we most of us a lot of times breathe in our from our chest rather than our bellies. Um the, the whole thing they always tell you is to look at babies and look at dogs and animals when they sleep and their bellies are fill up and come down and fill up. And there's just that they're getting it, it. And that's what your parasympathetic system, like when you breathe out really slowly, all those great um, chemicals that, you know, help you relax, come out, you know? And so it, it's natural. I mean, this is our nature. So it's your gift to have, be able to breathe like this. So you should take your gift and breathe. Do you want to like do a, a quick breathing example with us so that we can sure. help everyone else mm-hmm. maybe. So some people like, you know, when they're having like a panic attack, um, some people say they get, this gets them more, you know, anxious. So you have to figure out what you want to do. If you, if it's, if it is a panic attack, you know, the breathing out is where like you could start with the breathe out just to kind of bring yourself down because the breathing in sometimes can make you feel a little anxious. And there's other techniques for it with true anxiety, with panic attacks. So I'm not going to go into that right now, but I could another time. But just your general breathing in, always think about the out breath is where you want to go longer if you really want to get that relaxation to set off the parasympathetic system. Um, and so we're going to do, we could just do like, um, let's see, we could do breathe in. I'm, I'm doing like a, we can do a hold for six seconds. It would oh, be long. Good. Breathe in for four hold for six and breathe out for seven, just a four, six, seven. Okay. So when you do this, you want to sit up straight um, in your chairs, wherever you are, or you can just lie down on a couch or somewhere. And 
again, the first, it is not easy to breathe from your belly. It seems like it's, it would be, but some people have a hard time with it. The, the go-to is to imagine that there's like a, a balloon in your stomach and that when you breathe in, you're filling that balloon up. And then when you breathe out, the balloon is deflating. Okay. So I like to breathe in through my nose, out through my mouth. There's no, I mean, I've read different ways in through your nose, out through your nose, you know, you could do, there's one nostril breathe. There's a million things out there once you start reading about it, but we're just going to do the basic. Okay. Can okay? you just so, really quickly repeat like sure. the balloon visual for maybe people that didn't understand it sure. the first time? Okay. So you imagine that there is a balloon that's not blown up sitting in your stomach that's somehow connected to your breath. When you breathe in, that balloon is in your belly and it's filling up as you breathe in. And you're like someone who's really good at this, their stomach can distend really far with air, right? And the air is there. And then when you breathe out, you're let, like it's deflating, kind of coming back in and the breath is coming out. If it stresses you out, don't imagine the blue. I know some people like, I can't, then just kind of think about it. Yeah, like I know some people can't imagine that. So just um, imagine behind your stomach that you can push it out and push it in, just kind of focusing on the belly. Because when you breathe from your chest too much, that's where anxiety lives. Like it gets you almost like you hyperventilate. You don't know you're doing it, but you're you're like, do you ever have that where you're just like, I haven't think I've even breathed yeah. all day. Like I haven't taken a breath. And you finally take your breath. You've been breathing because you're alive, but you've been breathing really shallow. So you can close your eyes or you don't have to. I like to close my eyes because it just brings me a little more inward. But you can just kind of soften your gaze onto something a little bit far in front of you. All right. So... We're going to take a deep breath in for four. So hold it and breathe out slowly. Okay. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out for seven. And I always like that moment of stillness right after. Because to me, like, that's where the stillness lives. And there's always that little moment between the breaths that you have. And then you, and you do you notice a change in your body just by doing that? Sure. Yeah. Just by taking two deep breaths, it allows for space and you know, and then you could move on from there. But that's just one out of a million different ones. So obviously the goal, like I feel calmer. I feel like my, like my heart rate is lower. Mm -hmm. um, how do you guys feel? More present, aware. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times a day, like you were saying, Lauren, that I'll recognize in the middle of the day on my computer, on the phone, like, I haven't taken a breath. Like I really have it. And then, right. and then you do that. And that, I think that's the great thing about this is you can feel an immediate difference mm -hmm. and an immediate benefit. Absolutely. And, and that is, it's, like I said, it's really a gift because you could take it anywhere. It's always with you. <laughs> right. Anyway. That's like the coolest thing. That's actually yeah. a really good, um, just something to remember is like, you have this ability to do this at any point because it's just within yourself. And, and then the more you do it, honestly, so, the idea so people are like why would you do it well when you're in the midst of a crisis or any kind of like 
brainstorm, as I call it, not like a, like a, like a mind storm, like when it's, I'm not brainstorm, like a good thing, like a negative thing. Um, a mind tornado. A mind tornado. <laughs> you know, if you haven't practiced this and there's no, you have no way to like access that because you don't know what it feels like and you don't know how to do that. But once you start to do this enough and you, like I said, you start to notice things enough, you truly, it's a, it's a power tool, you know, it's a, it's a coping tool that I think everybody can, can benefit from. So it's, it, and, it, and the benefits are, there's, there's no negatives. I, I, I've never read one negative. <laughs> no so like, you, you don't think, I mean, obviously we all just did this for two breaths and we felt something, but like, do you think if you do it every day, even if it was like a two minute breathing exercise every day that it like cumulatively, yeah, it can you, like, yep. can you explain yeah. that mm-hmm. a little bit or like, do you, is there, is there research behind that or is it kind of, or do you notice it? I notice it for sure, but there is research for it. It's kind of similar to massages. Like mas- massaging is also cumulative. Um, any like it's kind of like almost like muscle memory. I don't. I don't. I don't want to pretend like I know that. I mean, I could again. I could research that another time and talk about that. But it's definitely something. I mean, if if nothing else, it's cumulative in the sense that it's a skill and you have to practice a skill in order to master it. So um, your breath will get deeper. I mean, that's for sure. You know, if you ever heard of, I don't know if you ever heard of Wim Hof. He's a a guy yeah. who is like a guru guy ice who does breathing. yeah the ice man who does stuff with breathing and i did a lot of his breath work and i do it i don't do it as regularly as i do this other stuff but you have to hold your breath for two minutes at the end of an after you've exhaled wow. you go, and then you hold your breath after you've exhaled at the beginning of that i was holding it for like 35 seconds and i was like <gasps> and then you know <laughs> after a couple maybe not even a week and a half i was holding it for two minutes and it was like so peaceful it was like the craziest coolest feeling to like you just get into another place of like this stillness inside of you so that's obviously it's cumulative in that way that i you have to build stamina so the the looser your stomach gets i don't know about you guys but my stomach is tight like it's not tight like oh i'm ripped but like (laughs) you know when i sit there and i'm like i have to and they say soften your belly in yoga or meditation i'm like oh my gosh i i'm holding my stomach in probably we do that because we don't want to you know we do that just out of like vanity but like to really soften your stomach is to let it be. And so the more you do this, the softer your stomach gets, the deeper your breaths get and the, the, the higher you feel, you know, cause it's really like a high, you know, a natural high. Yeah. It That's does awesome. feel like a natural high. Which yeah. Is nice that we have access to that all the time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, this has been awesome. I mean, before you leave, is there anything that you can maybe leave our listeners with that might motivate them to to get started with mindfulness? Obviously, we've listed a ton of benefits here today, but yeah. something to leave them with? I would just say, you know, none of us know how long our lives are, you know, and that's just an uncertainty that I know it scares people, but it's once you embrace that, oh, know that your life is now, literally right now, like our life right now is now. This is all we know. This is all we have. So if you want to get the most out of your life, start to practice mindfulness because then you'll you'll really start to appreciate each moment and then you'll be calmer because you know that you can handle what is, you know, present is the only thing you can, is the only thing you can handle because it's either you're going to deal with something that's coming at you and you'll have to deal with it. Everything else is not happening now and then you can enjoy life so much more. So it's worth the try. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then, yeah, can you leave our listeners with maybe a mantra that, that keeps you motivated every day? Hmm. Um, well, I, it's not a, mo- I don't do mantra, but like, um, 
I do the breathing in, like I say, I do calm as I breathe in, you know, and I just so like, so in my head, I, I think of calm. And when I breathe out, I feel relaxed. So I just breathe in. I'm like, calm, relax. And that word just makes me feel chill. Awesome. This was such a great interview, honestly. Thank you. I, <laughs> I learned a lot. It. it really it really is like amazing. Good. And I think like anyone who doesn't know anything about mindfulness will definitely leave with like tips, enough info that if they want to continue researching, they have it and just something they can like leave and take a few deep breaths today and feel a little yeah. more. Maybe they'll write you and be like, is there a book this woman wrote? And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quickly write one. Like, I mean, yeah, there's a book. <laughs> it is pretty wild though. Like how simple it can be to, to help you in your life and your mind and your relationships, like so much. It, it's not even like wild. It's, it's almost like, I can't think of the word like sad that, we're so far removed from this simplicity. Like when I listen right. to Eckhart Tolle, like Nicole knows I'm a big Eckhart Tolle fan and it is simple, but we, it's, I mean, we're human. So we have all these things in the, you know, our brain is the way it is, but it is actually in its simplest form. There's nothing else to do, but live now. Like it's, right. you get like, right. you want to keep yourself. You're like, why am I doing anything else but being mindful and just living now? Because nothing else matters. I can't fix a problem that hasn't happened. And I can't fix a problem that's already in the past and done. Like, so it's almost annoying that you're like, darn it, why can't I just live in this moment all the time, you know? Right. Well, hopefully people can learn from this and start now and they're better yeah. off for it. Yeah, it could never be too late to start this. So that's cool. This is fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> Anytime. Thanks for listening to the Busy People Podcast. You can find highlights from today's episode in the show notes. Please support us by sharing this episode, leaving a rating or review, and subscribing to the show. And to catch all the latest from us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Busy People Podcast. Join us next time for another enlightening conversation because you're never too busy to learn something new.